This podcast is powered by Mountain Fuel, nutrition for runners, and you can get 10% off all orders by heading to the Mountain Fuel website and entering the code It's All Good 10. The Cabs with Everything Around Me podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by Roberto and Rosa. So we've got Roberto, who hails from North London. You know, massive fan of how, you know, down to earth you are on Instagram. You know, I love how you, you know, do present a tongue in cheek and mischievous, you know, attitude <laughs> on Instagram. I do love that about you. You know, and I, I also love the fact that you do reach out to everyone, which is quite refreshing on social media. You know, if somebody is getting in contact with you, I know that you always make that effort to respond to them and just find out a little bit more about them. So, you know, I just want to thank you very much for joining us. And, you know, this is your opportunity for me and Rosa to find out a little bit more about you. Nice, nice. Welcome, guys. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Wicked. And Rosa, back once again, instead of me questioning you, you know, like you're a, a suspect of a serious guy. <laughs> you know, the tables, the tables have turned, you know, um, you know, I'm considering you as being my co-host, partner in crime. So, you know, you can be my Harley Quinn and I'll be the Joker. All right. I thought it was Jekyll and Hyde. Jekyll and Hyde, oh gosh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, I, 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 could, I could have come out with um, some stronger duos there, but yeah, it's probably, probably not the best <laughs> one, that. Yeah, so Roberto, you know, um, yeah. thanks for coming on. You know, I know that, um, you know, I've been wanting to speak to you for um, a long period of time. You know, I know that we do touch base with each other on a regular basis and, you know, I'm just a ma- massive fan of what you do. You know, I just think you're humble and down to earth. You know, and um, it does sound like I'm about to ask you out on a date, which is <laughs> not going to happen. Which I would accept. I would accept. <laughs> <wheel. laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, just out of interest, um, where would you like to go for a first date? Me, personally? Yeah. I'm, defi- I'm definitely a cinema guy. I do like a cinema because you can get the sneaky um, hand over the shoulder. Oh, and, and it's allowed, you know, if you're going on the first date with a, with a girl to the cinema, everyone knows you're going to get the hand over the shoulder, you know what I mean? It might not be a kiss, <laughs> but the hand over the shoulder signifies that you're moving on, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just being compassionate and showing some warmth. That's right. That's, That's what right. I put it down to. Yeah. So if you just want to introduce yourself to everyone listening and just tell all the listeners where they can find you on the smartphones, tablets, laptops, desktop PCs and etc. Excellent. So I'm Roberto De Niro, or Rob, or Robbo, <laughs> or Robbie. That's <laughs> some of the names I go by. But on Instagram, you can find me at De Niro London. One word. On Twitter, that will be De Niro London underscore. And on Facebook, I don't normally accept friend requests unless you're, you know, part of Runspire. But it'll be Roberto Awar as my surname for O W O R. Yeah, wicked and. I'm really conscious about, you know, finding out more about you, not just as a runner, but, you know, talking about a couple of subject matters that, you know, I do truly believe matter and, you know, can go into detail about them. But, you know, in regards to you, you know, what did your life look like before you hit the ground running in running shoes? Uh, it's mainly, I'll say the, the year before that was definitely a lot of um, food which piled on the weight on my belly, <laughs> a bit too much alcohol, which definitely piled the weight on my belly. So 
I generally had a lot of weight on from food and alcohol, which I wanted to shed. Like, um, generally, before running, it was just really just just a normal life, like you know, work and whatnot. What you do, like with your other hobbies, you know. I've always been fit. I've always done extreme sports, BMX, skateboard. You know, so I've always been a fit guy. Played football before that, and um, I just lost myself in the last two years in terms of fitness. Like, you know, what I mean, you get you get them you get them times in your life where you just fall off. Like, you know, you have other you have other stresses and other struggles going on. You just sort of um, put your self care last, and that's how it was for the last other oh, year before I started running. So that would have been two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, and you know, was there anything in particular that just made you stop moving as more and you know caring about yourself as much yeah to be honest yeah i can't pinpoint it to one specific thing you know it was just a general build-up of life you know the stresses of life right and um i did have a knee injury it wasn't a serious knee injury but it was a slight one that caused me quite a bit of pain i'll say for about four months yeah i had to hobble on my own. I told her as I was walking up and down the stairs, like so. And that made me not do extreme sports for about four to five months. That that probably piled on about a stone from not doing extreme sports for that four to five months. And then off the back of that, I probably piled on another stone from being depressed about not being able to ride. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and what's, so, what was it? Was it extreme sports that resulted in you getting this knee injury? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> Now we share a mutual interest in skateboarding, you know, which oh, yeah. is good to know. You know, I, I I actually bought myself a skateboard a few months ago, and I've not spent a great deal of time with it. But you know, um, it it's hard work. You know, like you hear so many times that running does take its toll on your body. You know, especially like your legs, your back. It's pretty much from head to toe. It does take its toll on your body. But with skateboarding, you know, BMXing. You know, different like level. very similar sports. It's, 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 yeah, it's a different <laughs> level. It's, it's brutal. It's like one fall could result That's in it. you just not being able to walk, never yeah. mind run. I mean, you usually do go home with an injury. It's rare that you leave, you, you finish the day skateboarding skateboard without an injury or a knock on the knee, knock on the elbow, bump on the edge. You know I mean, it's just part of the sport and um, you, you get used to it. But then when I tried to transition into running, I did have a few problems from some of the injuries that I've had previously from um extreme sports so my, my shoulder dislocated i've done both of them about five times roughly about five times each but my left one just didn't heal up and i had to have bolts in there so when i started running as you know you know you've got the motion of forward back forward back with your arms like the sway motion of your arms it started to cause a bit of i don't think it was rubbing because where i got the two plate i got two i got a plate with two screws in there but i don't know if it was starting to rub and when i went to see my um Doctor, he said to me, we'll give you an x-ray, but it goes, it's rare that the surgeon would have made a mistake in terms of your movement for it to rub like. So I've, I've taken it, taken his advice, it's kept on going. Luckily enough, it turned out to be okay. But yeah, as I say, I had a lot of um, injuries carrying on from extreme sports that have carried on through into running that have um, slowed me down. Yeah, and um, I think you should start calling yourself the bionic runner. <laughs> I've only got two. I've only got a bit of that one, you know. It's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, you know, when uh, you when you look back on your life, you know, you were into BMXing and skateboarding. That transition in to doing both of those extreme sports was that different to how you transitioned into exploring running? Uh, I transitioned into extreme sports. I've always been doing extreme sports, but it was like when I was young, when I was like thirteen, fourteen. I was like, I said, 14, 15, 
I was dabbling in a bit of extreme sport, but obviously a youngster, so I was still on the streets, like, you know I mean, as a 14-year-old living mm. in North London, black, like, a black 14-year-old living in North London, so I'm dabbling in extreme sports, but I'm still on the streets, like, I'm trying to find my equilibrium, trying to find the best one out of them, and luckily, I was, I was lucky enough here to, to um, lean towards extreme sports and not go that direction of the streets, like, and so that transition was pretty tough. You know, I managed to get through that one. The transition from extreme sports to um, running has been a lot easier, I'll say, than mm. the previous one, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever um, given skateboarding or BMX in a goal of rolls? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what? I was just thinking about this. Um, and when I was younger, actually, I think my sister actually had a skateboard. And I think I got as far as maybe a metre or two, and then I just sat down on it and went down a hill on it instead. That's so, more fun. That's uh, well, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, no, I remember my sister was quite into it, and she's about two years older than me. Um, she quite liked skateboarding for a bit. She went through a bit of a phase of doing that, but, yeah, no, I've, no, I've, I've never, never done any extreme sports, probably because I'm too scared. <laughs> I want to stay on the ground, safe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I, think, I think it's just me, though, because it's a double, in it? And, you know, recently I... Um went out on my skateboard. So the main reason why I've got a skateboard at the moment is because my daughter showed, you know, interest. She was curious about it. She watches videos on YouTube. So I thought, you know, I'll get her a skateboard. And, you know, she's had a few lessons. And I thought, well, I'm not missing out on the fun. So I got a skateboard. <laughs> I remember on one particular um, Saturday afternoon, I, I didn't have a great deal planned. And there's um, a bar about two miles away from my house. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to kick and push it. And I managed to, like, go two miles on this skateboard. Two you know? miles? That's, that's pretty good. Wow. But yeah. I, I, I got there. I opened the door for this bar. And some of the looks I got, it's like, you know, <laughs> you've, got, you've got a fully grown man in his 30s. You know, he's just walked in with a skateboard. But, um, you know, um, it, it, it wasn't tremendously difficult because I've got that experience with skateboarding when I was in my mid-teens. But, my goodness, my heels and my calves the day after <laughs> it, felt, it felt like it actually gone out and run the quickest half marathon that's pretty cool man i remember when i was coming up here and back in edmonton it was i was for you guys a bit of cross training <laughs> i remember um coming up in edmonton it was like a it was a big thing like for there to be a black hood guy on a skateboard like you know what i mean mm. i don't think um uh, who come out of Kick Push again? Lupe Fiasco. He hadn't come out of that yeah. yet. So, so it weren't cool yet. And little, little Wayne weren't skateboarding yet. So it weren't cool yet. So I was like, oh, who's that? Who's that Black Hood guy here from Edmonton? Yeah, that skateboards. So I was lying around the area, like, you know, like, that Black Hood guy from Edmonton that skateboards. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool thing to have, like, to basically break the barrier, like, you know, because yeah. a lot of black people are scared to skateboard, like, you know, they're thinking, oh, they're going to laugh at me because you're black. And they always thought mm. skateboarding is for white emos or white rock and roll yeah. guys. You know, like, when I um, mentioned um, representation, you know, it's, it's something that even skateboarding, you mm -hmm. know, is, um, you know, looked into. And, you know, you do see more and more black skateboarders, you know, and, yeah, yeah. you know, even even skateboarders, you know, from Hispanic -like backgrounds, especially in the US. And that's great to see because, yeah, you're right. You know, it's like when I was a kid, it's like if you went out on a skateboard, it's like. Oh, you know, you're you're a bit of a mosher, you know. You, uh, right. you sh should have you should baggy have long trousers. hair and baggy trousers. And I I just I just exactly. weren't that kid, and you know, I'm still not I'm I'm still not like that now, being a big kid. But when when you 
thought, right, I've got to knock it on the head in respect to BMXing and skateboarding. You know, you've gone through that period of time where your new hobby has become food, you know, because <laughs> food is great, let's be real, you know. Um, but it's like, um, you know, um, applying in every element of life. Did it get to a point where you thought, right, I've put on this weight, you know, and was you conscious that you had put on weight and what made you think I need to start moving again? I think what it was, I'd been injured, so I was, I was sponsored, yeah, so I was almost semi-professional, so I was sponsored, I had a few sponsors for BMX, and then I got a big injury, which put me out for about almost a year, and that just ruined it all, so I lost motivation after that, you know, and um, off the back of that, a few years later, I was still trying to pick myself back up from that massive injury blow, and then got sort of back into it, you know, I was getting myself back up, I just couldn't find the same rhythm as I had before, and then eventually... You know, food was the um, better option, a nice takeaway on a Friday night rather than going to Southbank to BMX. I'd ride from North London to Southbank in in Central to, to ride for four hours and then ride back home. You know what I mean? Mm. That all stopped and then I'd just have a takeaway on a Friday night, you know what I mean, with a few beers. Yeah, yeah. yeah the motivation had gone, like, you know, I, just, I had this big setback, massive injury, uh, lost my sponsorship, you know what I mean? And how were you so, feeling at that time? So, you know, I'm... Am I right in thinking that you started to feel lethargic? You know, you're feeling lazy. Did, did it have yeah. an impact on your mental health at that time when you started oh, yeah. doing extreme sports? Yeah, to be fair, I didn't really know anything about mental health. I just thought it was um, a bad mood or, you know, a bad day. Or a string of bad days that last for a week, you know. I never really, I've always been brought up in the, in the way of your man. You know, you got to take mm. it on the chip, no matter what happens. I've said just the way I've been brought up. You know, I mean, it still sticks to me now. You know, mm. there'll be things that I, I'd want to talk about, but I just can't because I have got that instilled in me. You know, stiff upper lip. You know, hold yourself up. You're a man. You know, and um, that that's probably what. To be fair, yeah, I'll say again, yeah, that's probably what kept me going as well during that time because it was tough, right? You know, um, just always having that mental per- uh, perseverance, just to keep on going, not give up. But I would say it did affect my mental, uh, my, my, uh, my mental health. I would say mm. it definitely did affect it unknowingly. It's only now when I found out about mental health and I look back, I was like, oh my god, yeah, you know, I was going through some serious mental health problems then, you know. But I just, I just done as yeah. I was taught, you know. I just sucked it up and just carried on, which is terrible thinking about it now, like you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and it's I am stating the bleeding obvious here, but. You know, if you don't move physically, you know, it is going to drastically impact on your state of mind. And, you know, I mean, I know that you, you know, had a relatively active, you know, upbringing, you know, you've had that active lifestyle. And, um, you know, I don't know if you can um, resonate with this, Rose, or has there ever been times with you being active as well where you've had to stop for whatever reason, you know, life's just Mm. got on top of you, or you've had an injury where you can see that it's impacted on your state of mind in a negative manner? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, yeah, life getting busy, uh, work getting busy, stressful. Um, but no, def- injury, injuries, definitely. Um, I can relate to what Roberta's saying, obviously, about him him being injured and then not being able to do the physical activity. Um, and yeah, physical activity, mental health, it just goes hand in hand. And I think you don't realise necessarily how much until you can't do X, Y, Z. So whether that's, you know, BMXing, running, swimming, whatever, whatever your, um, wherever you get your buzz from, 
um, mm. and that's it. I, I, I literally, I survive on endorphins these days. It's the <laughs> natural high of the buzz, whether that's from going out for an, a, a brisk walk and just having mm. fresh air, um, head, like, you know, headspace, I always say, like just getting that headspace. Um, if you suddenly can't do that, you just, it's just literally like something in your mind, your head just drops and you're suddenly just like, you know, mm. you miss it. You're missing something. You haven't mm. got that. Um, I don't know. And, and it, it's also motivation, isn't it? Because I think motivation, if you're motivated, um, you're feeling good, you'll keep going. Um, mm. And I think, again, in, in, in sort of, I guess, the runner's world, if you're feeling good, you're progressing, you've got this motivation, it's a constant boost. Um, and I think, you know, whether you're struggling with your training or whether you're injured, um, it both it can both affect your mental health. Um, and, you know, there's, I'm sure we'll touch upon this more, but there's, there's lots of stuff going on these days. I mean, obviously, Roberta, you mentioned about social media before, about um, joining Instagram and stuff like that. Um, and I think, you know, yeah, you're you're looking at what other people are doing all the time. So I think that also plays a part in mental health. But I think, yeah, yeah. As soon as you can't you can't do something, you compare yourself. And there's just so, do you know what? There's just so much going on up there. <laughs> and yeah, there is. What you're yeah. doing physically can help help your mind. Um, sorry, I'm doing that animation thing where I get to start <laughs> my hands. Um, but yeah, no, I think mental health, physical health oh goes hand in hand and that's why um yeah it's quite often um and i know probably i could get a bit preachy about it because i've you know found that running helps me so much mm. um but quite often if a friend um who probably might not be a runner or anything like that i'll just be like do you know why don't we just go out for a walk or something let's mm. go get some fresh air let's you know just get moving a bit and you know nine times out of ten they feel they do feel the difference afterwards i'm not mm. saying it's the golden nugget and all their problems are going to go away mm. but for that half an hour they just feel you know like good um yeah. sometimes it just lifts you know lifts the weight off their shoulders so yeah very pro mm. movement yeah and even for those 30 minutes it's like you know it might be 30 minutes away from your problems where you know you're not subconscious thinking about you know what's going on in your life you know where you're going through periods of hardship you know and um i i am a firm believer in it. it doesn't always have to be something intense or extreme you know like you've alluded to rosa it can just be going out for a brisk walk you know and i always say you know to friends of mine you know in particular those who have lost motivation it's like well yeah, you may have lost motivation for running, you like playing football, you know, cycling, you know, whatever the cup of tea is. And I say, you know, um, don't just go in at the deep end again, you know, because when you talk about motivation, you know, you can't go from, you know, being half marathon fit, not running for two months, then expect to go back out again and pick up where you left off. You know, that, sure. that, that, that isn't life, is it? You know, there's a lot sure, of catching yeah. up to do. And, you know, there's a lot of curiosity where you think, right, I've got to put in the legwork here and build back up to being half marathon fit. You know, when I t say there's a lot of catching up to do, you can transfer that into, you know, your um, social circles. It's like, you know, you can pick up where you're left up with friends, but you've still got a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, yeah, you know, of to, course, yeah. To discover yeah. what they've been up to in their life recently. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, I think, you know, it's not just about not motivation for me with running, but it provides that level of structure as well. And without that structure, 
you will start to see other things, you know, um, blend into your life that become structured that aren't always positive. So you mentioned about food, um, Roberto. It's that, yeah, you know, the takeaway and a few beers on Friday. Then before you know it, that structure becomes Saturday. And then you oh, sorry, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, when does Friday? Yeah. I, was just, I was being, I was being honest. No, no, but that's what that's how it starts. Off, isn't it? It's like, you know, I love a, I love a takeaway and a few beers on Friday. Yeah, it's great. But if you don't implement other structures and mechanisms in your life. Friday turns into Saturday and Sunday. And that's with, you know, everything in life for me, you know, even running or movement. It's like you start off by going running once a week and twice a week and you get that buzz for it. I believe that you get a buzz for anything that you do and it becomes habitual as well. You know, just like smoking, drinking, you know, even drug taking. It's like, oh, you know, um, you know, I love like, uh, you know, a couple of giants, which I never thought that we'd have to be talking about drugs on this podcast. It builds momentum. And before you know it, you know, you, you're smoking a couple of, uh, you know, big bifters like every, every day of the week. And it's just like running, it's, it's implementing that structure. And, um, you know, I think with movement, it's healthy structure, isn't it? Because you think, well, it makes me feel good. So those things that I didn't feel so good about, you know, like eating, you know, junk food, which I'm all for now and again, you know, oh, as yeah, as like course. drinking, that minimalizes it because it's like, you know, which one is the lesser of two evils? Me um, feeling knackered from the waist down when I go for a run or me feeling like really lethargic and depressed as a result of drinking or eating too much. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you paused this for one second just at the end, but I think I got you, yeah. Yeah, so I want to um, go into something with you, Roberto, which, um, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know if it would be a sensitive subject, but back in August, mm-hmm. you were quoted saying that you'll definitely run a marathon before the end of the year. I have done my research on you, by oh, the yeah. way. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. where do, where do your fans <laughs> lie now? Because, you know, um, if, if, if you think about all three of us, you know, we're relatively still new runners, you know, compared to those who've been running for decades. But, you know, um, is that marathon still a milestone of yours? And when do you think uh, you'll do it? Listen, I've said things on Instagram that I'm supposed to be doing, yeah. I don't know how long. I probably have to finish this list in 2050. Some of the things I've said I'm going to be doing, like, you know, I mean, I'm nowhere close to anything I've said I'm going to be doing. But the marathon that I said I was going to do was before I got injured. Like, so I planned because uh, before I got injured, I was running 30k trail trail runs, 32k trail runs. So I knew I definitely had the extra in me to finish the marathon. So I thought I'd done a few calculations. I thought, okay, yeah, by December I should be able to. I was going to knock one out, not an uh, organized race, just the distance by myself and time trial, mm. just to get it. Underneath, I'm about to say I've done the distance and this is my time and I can work off of that. Mm. But um, literally after one of the 32K trail runs I did in Epping Forest, I come home, felt fine. Two days later, went for my normal run. I think it was a run by 5K actually. And um, that went fine, done the 5K, came home. And I just felt a little niggle in my groin. I thought, oh, you know, I've had groin strains before. It'll go within two days. Mm. And it just this one just didn't go, just was persistent. Persistent and persistent. I took two weeks off. It felt fine. Did a 5K. Felt okay. Did a 10K. That was it. Mm. You know what I mean? Fully injured. So I've been out since then. And when you, when you mentioned about the marathon, I know that the big event for you was Manchester Marathon. Is that still something you'll be doing next year? I mean, I, I, I got I got rid of my place. Oh, um, mate. What, what's, that, what's happened to us linking up with each other? I was so disheartened. <laughs> Do you know what happened to you? When they postponed it, yeah, and they said, oh... You know, I started this hard. I was like, Do you know what? I've just had enough of this. 
Let me just clear this off. Got rid of the place. I feel bad for it now, but, you know, I can always still apply for next year. And I just thought, you know, that's a chapter closed off now, you know, because Corona, I messed up. You know, I mean, there's plenty of other marathons and I'll definitely do Manchester. I will definitely do Manchester, but it's just one of them things where the stars didn't line up with Corona and then, you know, next year I've got the Royal Parks half coming up and that's in April. I don't think uh, Manchester will be until October, until uh, after August. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's October, so I've, I've, yeah, I've still got a chance of doing it. I've definitely still got a chance to do it. I was really looking forward to seeing you as well, Ben. <laughs> but we can still make that. We can still make the magic happen before then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. now, um, you know, I know that we've had um, quite a few lengthy, you know, discussions and conversations in the past. You know, in regards to you being a black runner and you know what your perspective of it is, because a lot of people who don't know you personally don't know a great deal about you. Thinking that you're just a full-on advocate of running you know not a lot of people know that you were interested and you know were really excited about you know your period of time in life where you you know were on the verge of being semi-pro you know as um you know pretty much skateboarding but you know people don't know that you you know love gaming yeah, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and sorry mate and um they yeah. only see through their lens on the smartphones, you know, what you put on those squares on Instagram. So, you know, as um, somebody who is relatively new to running and has become fully immersed in the world of running, you know, do you feel that representation needs to be more widespread? You know, what, what do you think can change in respect to representation in running? I think, I think you definitely need more black guys like me, for sure, that's open, free, free to talk, you know, mm. um, not one of them guys that think about image and this. Um, it's it's fine for people to have a laugh at me. I, you know, I, you mm. see you, you see my post, and I have a bit of laugh once mm. in a while in my post. I just yeah. I don't know a section of it. You know, you know, a lot more people like me. Um, I feel like when a, a new black runner comes onto the scene, he looks around to see what's there. You know, and this is um. Some serious black runners. There are some serious black runners here, but as I say, you need someone who's that more down to earth, who's come from uh, slow, slow running times. My first five k was like thirty eight minutes, and broke it down. You need someone like me that who's. Um, I'm not. I'm not trying to say I'm the savior for black people in the running community. Mm. But what I'm trying to say is, you need someone who can represent them on a level where they feel comfortable, so they see that black guy and they think, mm. oh, you know, yeah, he has a laugh of his followers. He's not always so serious and. And they feel like they can come and interact with me straight away. Like, you know what I mean? That's yeah. why I feel so. But um, what is it? When, you, when you're when you coming into a scene like running, when I first started running, I was basically emulating what I seen, what I was seeing off of the people who I follow. Mm. So I see a guy does four runs in a week, and then he might do an interval session in between then. But how he mm. posts his pictures, he posts it in that way. And I didn't know nothing about Instagram, nothing about the running community. So I was just emulating and following him. And that worked in terms of structuring my Instagram because I didn't have a clue mm. what I was doing. Yeah. But uh, uh, the guy was white. Not that's a problem. But if you're a black guy coming into it and you saw a white guy or a black guy, you know, doing pretty much the same thing, you're going to be more drawn towards the black guy. So if there was more people like me doing it, I'm sure more people would be able to feel comfortable joining the sport. Like, you know what I mean? I'm sure there's people right now mm. yeah, who are running, yeah, but they're just scared to make that Instagram account because of the pressures and you know, um, not enough representation of black people. Yeah. And, 
Do, do you feel? Yeah, do, you, do you feel like black runners have got that expectation to be that beacon and beacon of hope, like you say, or is it the case that they're concerned about being judged when they put out content? Are uh, you talking about an established runner like me, or are you talking about someone trying to come in? Pretty much, pretty much anybody. So you know, whether it's a runner who's black or Asian or mixed race. You know, do you think there's any concerns that they have? Like, as soon as I press that submit button and I'm trying to reach the masses and want to see representation in running, there is that concern of being judged? Honestly, yeah. I personally, yeah, did not think anything of it when I started. Like, I thought to myself, I'm going to make this Instagram profile, show my running. I didn't think anything about, oh, I'm black and I want to be posting the same stuff as black people post. It's mm. just what runners, it's just, it was just running. Nothing to do with race, it was just running. Oh, that guy does a great 5K time. He's improved so much so in, the, in this uh, space of time. This woman here has had four kids and she's done 10 marathons. You know what I mean? I was like, just yeah. fascinated. Just, it's nothing to do with race. But as I said, as I dug deeper into it and I've become more of a runner, gained more followers, all my, my main followers were white. Mm -hmm. I'd have a black follower every so often here or there. Then I started to think like, oh, you know, maybe there's not enough black people in here. I still didn't think anything serious of it. And then one day... I was um, scrolling through Instagram as you do, and I knocked. Um, I come across um, there's a page called Black Girls Do Run. Have you seen mm, that page? Yeah. Black Girls Do Run. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. So there is a movement for Black people in terms of uh, not being represented enough, and you know, we're not just here in the background. We do run, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. And then I started to gain more interest into, it and I started to go along to. Uh, sorry. Uh, along them directions more and more mm, after mm. after I found out about Black Girls Do Run Like So I'll say one of the main things I found that was hard for me was learning, yeah, the differences between how people would react to a black person um, posting. Yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? Because like, uh, I don't know if you, you wouldn't be able to experience because you're not black yourself, but when I first started posting, I was really nervous. I was thinking, oh, I'm black though, you know? I'm thinking, oh, they're not going to see me as um, as a, as an equal runner, like. So, so is this sort of like going down the route of, because you want to express who you are as a human, you, you are yourself and that's what you portray incredibly well on social media, Roberto. But you mm. like, where I've got to blend, I've got to fit in with the way that other people Exactly. themselves you know the way exactly. that they dress because that's that's where i find you know representation goes even further in running you know in respect to not just race religion or gender it's like just the way you look it's like will i be accepted as a runner if i'm wearing longer shirts? Yeah, does that make that. sense i see that yeah i definitely do see that you know i've always stood away from how you uh, i've seen these guys here and they don't get me wrong they do look good in their skin tights and Super slim bodies now. <laughs> oh yeah. I've just, <laughs> just never been that type of guy, you know, to have a super slim body. And even just like in general, my pictures, like how I take my pictures, I look at these guys' pictures when I first started. I'm like, oh, look how professional he looks. He's got the full running stance. He's got the flying feet. He's got all the right kit. Oh, it looks beautiful, like you know what I mean. And then I go look at my picture. I'm like, ah, oh, a little bit raw, you know, a bit um. You know, very yeah, very raw and amateurish. But that's what I loved about myself. I was just being real, like you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That's what I loved about it. Like. And then I just kept on going with that. And then eventually, I have started to improve my pictures, but it's still got that raw, dynamic feel to it. If you know what I mean. Have you ever noticed my pictures? Like, yeah. And that's what yeah. I was like to think. 
And that's that's what I really like about you, Roberto. You know, you are authentic. And, you know, when we look at, you know, comparing yourself to other runners and, you know, even non-runners on Instagram, there is that element of pressure to fit in. Whereas I find that you do portray yourself as being quite headstrong and being your own person, you know, and um, that that is refreshing to see. And, you know, that, you know, the running world is very diverse you know it is incredibly diverse but yeah, we, don't sure, see, yeah. we, we don't see enough of that on those little squares and not just the little squares you know it's it's not just limited to social media you know it's a you know running magazines for example or you know when you look at content on youtube or tv programs you know you it's, it's getting better with time but you know i could even use the um, brand um, say sky for example you know it is pretty much advertisement after advertisement on you know whatever content they put out you know whatever marketing campaign campaign they have and a majority of the runners who are promoting the you know gams are white and skinny and look and look like they've got high cheekbones as well (laughs) so you know representation yeah i remember i remember remember yeah i remember one post you put up um it was quite a while ago, four or five months ago, but you said about this, it was like one of the running clothing companies on their page had like one black guy in the whole year. If you look down the feed for the whole year, they had like one black guy inside. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And um, I was thinking about it, exactly what the reasons you said that, but obviously, surely it couldn't have been only one black guy that bought their products, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I to say, yeah, do you know, I've just bought your product, here's your tagline, you know what I mean? But as you say, we're, we don't want to dig too deep into that, but we are... We are moving away from that slowly, slowly. I mean, the yeah. running channel, kudos to the running channel. They're like, oh, yeah. they're, I love them. I love them at the running channel, man. They're really pushing forward, like, for, you know, black equality and yeah. um, representation for black people. They just hired a, they just hired a new black uh, presenter. That's fascinating, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the um, guy who's a physio, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I love him. Yeah, yeah. yeah Manny. Manny. Yeah, I've got yeah, a and he's, uh, yeah. you know, I think he's quite methodical and, you know, the advice that he gives in regards to running and, you know, being injury free or preventing injuries, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's helped me. Yeah not, yeah, not all companies, not all running companies are, you know, in the dark ages. Something they are, they are making a change and they're really trying for it, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, there is. And, you know, I feel that, you know, um, I will ask you what changes you want to see in running Roberto. But for me, it starts at the top, you know, it starts with the, CEOs and you know people in those boardrooms all the way down to runners who are forming part of a committee at running clubs you know because I do believe that running clubs aren't representative of running you know constantly pushing people for times and speeds and I'm not putting all running clubs in one you know um box there because there are some that are (laughs) very diverse you know in regards to you know the color of people's skin gender disability sexuality all the way to um, ability level but you know um, a lot of the conventional running clubs you look at them and then you apply that to you know the media and marketing and you know it is primarily you know white skinny men it's still exclusively men to a degree you know and i think that's where that change needs to come as well you know at grassroots level as well you know and i I use the um, example of a you know running club you know, because um, with me being chairperson of a running club in the past, you know, um, this is in an area of Greater Manchester where 
of the population is Asian. <laughs> However, at this running club, we had over 40 members at the time that I stood down and moved on to Passage New, and every single runner was white. It's like, well, it's not representative of you know, the community that I live in, what can be done to um, bring those changes? So putting that question out to both of you and starting with you, Roberto, what changes would you like to see happen in running? I mean, personally, yeah, um, a black and Asian guy is not really going to want to sign up to a running club with, um, you know, 99% white people in there, no one of their same colour, you know what I mean? I suppose maybe a club specific for black and asian guys might help but then that's probably gonna segregate us a bit more like you know what i mean mm. so um personally in my own opinion i'll say just because you got to think about it as well yeah in in that area you got to think how many people do you see when you're in the park i'm asking you a question, question how many people do you mm. see in the park uh in the parks running that are black and asian compared to white people in your area where you live you said the percentage was um predominantly high asian well, yeah, I, I don't know it's um, different in London, but, you know, we are quite lucky in the respects that, you know, when I, when I go out in the community and, you know, a couple of the big parks in the area where I live, you know, you will see, you know, groups of Asian and black people running as well as, you know, um, people of all ethnicities running together. But there's something for me. It's like, so there's three running clubs in my local area you mm. know, where the population is, you know, it's less less than, you know, one million. But the running clubs aren't representative of the community. So it's like, you know, what change can be brought there? So I am quite lucky in the respect that, you know, there is, yeah, I'm living in a multicultural place, Greater Manchester. Yeah. And I, I think it's such a beautiful thing. It's like if you get on a train, you hear so many different languages. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about Greater Manchester. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like, you know, is, is there a problem in running? And, you know, do changes need to be made? You know, so it's like, look at the communities that we serve and you know look at the committees that serve running clubs you know are they asking that question why does our club not represent the community that I we're see. trying to serve and yeah 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 is it is it more of like a um black and asian people don't want to sign up to the clubs because they feel that they're not represented enough and there's not enough black and asian people in there is that the problem i'm i'm not too sure i've had a conversation with um, friends so a handful of Asian friends who joined my um, run crew and not joined in the respect of being a member because it's not membership based it is literally a social outlet where people from all backgrounds can come along and go out for a run and the feedback I've had from a handful of Asian friends is a lot of conventional running clubs run out of a licensed premises so that goes against you know, their faith, you know, as okay. Muslim, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. as well as, um, you know, a couple of friends saying to me, so I reached out to them and, you know, and I've said, you know, you want to come for a run, you know, with my run crew, but like, yeah, you know, when I find the time, I'll come down and that has happened. And, you know, when I've had a chat with them, they've said that there is that fear of being judged. So you go into a running club that's been well established for many years and, you know, they're, they're looking at it, you know, on social media or in the community. And it's primarily white runners, if not all white runners. So it's like, yeah, well, yeah, it, it doesn't yeah. look like a welcoming environment for me. And, you know, I know that change just comes with one person looking through the doors. But I think That's the awesome. communities of a lot of running clubs do need to ask that question. Well, what mm -hmm. can we do to be representative?
Yeah, I mean, that's definitely right. I mean, I'm lucky. I live in North London, so when we have every every race, you know, um, under our. Yeah. But um, the problem we definitely see is, so for instance, yeah, if I was a black, if I was an Asian guy, and I made a group here saying, "All right, I live in North London, Emma, and I'm going to make a running club for Asian guys and Asian women. Please join. They'll be joining by the bucket loads. Mm. Same as Black Africans." Yeah, yeah. Jamaicans. That's how it is. Like, you feel more comfortable with people you're familiar with. So mm-hmm. obviously seeing a, a white, predominantly white, established running club that's been there for 30 years, 20, 30 years, yeah. Mm. How are you going to feel? Are you going to get the confidence to, to walk in there as a single, uh, as a one single black guy walking into a room full of, you know, predominantly um, white white people? Me well, personally, it, yeah. Me personally, I wouldn't have a problem because that's just how that's just how I built. Like you know, what I mean, I'd walk in there fine. Mm-hmm. I'm getting on with everyone. Like, but I understand the point. The point you're coming from someone who's not got the confidence as me, who mm-hmm. really does feel pressured about this. You know what I mean? And how would they do? I completely understand what you're saying. Um, it's definitely down to the the clubs themselves. Definitely down mm-hmm. to the clubs to try and seek out. I remember they done it with the London Fire Brigade about twenty five, about fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. They've done a specific call out. We are looking for black firemen. Yeah. We're looking for black firemen. They, were, they weren't, you know, they mess about about it. It's like the recruiting thing. They're looking for black firemen. And it got a whole load of black firemen. It was direct and it worked. Yeah. You know what I mean? And something similar to that, I don't think you'd say in a running club, well, we're looking for black runners. It's going to work. But, you know, a, a, a subtle way of saying we are open to every race. You know what I mean? Maybe doing an open gathering where, the whole community comes in for free and just does like a, a 5k run for fun, like, you know what I mean? To get people comfortable thinking, we're not so bad here at this running club. Stuff like yeah. that would help. Like, yeah. Yeah. And um, it's, it's all about promotion because there isn't enough of that. I, I, I still don't see, you know, up and down the country, you know, with the exception of, you know, some very, um, you know, like well-established running clubs and crews, who do reach out to people from all backgrounds, but I don't mm. think there's enough to promote inclusivity. You know, like saying, you know, um, you know, like race, religion, gender, sexual orientation, disability. You know, um, y- you are welcome here. It's, it's just, there's none of that. Yeah. Keeping running quite narrow minded. But you got you got to think as well. It's going to be awkward to say, oh, um, running club open to blacks and Asians. Like, mm. You know what I mean? Or if you're trying to promote it in that way, there's not an mm. easy way to say, oh, we'd like more black and Asians to come into our club. You know, you have to do it subtly. And I'll say the best way to do it is giant community gatherings or running events, that right, where mm. all races are going to come and all races feel happy to come. Like, you know what I mean? But, I mean, you think you're a director of a running club, yeah? And you're thinking, how can we get more black and Asian guys into the club? You're not going to go and put up posters saying, it's running yeah. club. It's the same. It's that you have to find a way to do it. Maybe you you find a black runner that's at your club to maybe promote it a bit mm. more. You know, it has to be subtle ways. I say to you, it's like very subtle ways. You yeah, definitely. It. Because of the stigma as well. Because we have this still stigma of racism and stuff. So their people are yeah. still very very careful about how they do stuff. Like, but yeah, I do see where you're coming from. Like, we definitely do need yeah. representation. Yeah, and with you with you, Rosa, you know, um, you know, with the area that you live in, and you know that your perception of running clubs and you know we could even talk about you know um start and finish lines of races as well you know um are, are they representative of you know british you know um culture in particular do, do, do you think that there needs to be any changes to you know break down those barriers and make running more inclusive not just specific to race but you know even people of you know um certain sizes and shapes i mean i oh sorry go on reza 
sorry. Um, no, I was just going to say, I think, I think, well, in my area, um, I think there is a mixture, which is nice. I don't think it's, um, I, obviously, like, you know, we're saying there's a bit of a stereotype of, of what a runner should be or previously was, you know, whether that's, you know, tall, lean, male, um, <laughs> white, say that's the stereotype. I think, in my opinion, from what I've seen um, in my local area, also on Instagram, I think it is becoming. Um, I think it is becoming more inclusive. We're just not at that a hundred percent where you know ideally it would be. I mean, for me, if I see someone out running, I am like, yes, yeah, go for it. I'm not looking yeah. at them thinking, uh, are they male or female? You know what race are they what religion are they are they you know what body fat tall, percentage skinny, i don't i literally don't think about that i think and i think if i'm being totally honest maybe like maybe 10 years ago i might have mm. thought about that but i just now it's just it's so nice just to see that it is more inclusive um and like you say people start their running journey for many different reasons Mm. Um, whether it is a weight loss thing whether it's for mental health whether you just need a new hobby um so i think i think everyone should be accepted but i get your point of you know maybe there's some running clubs that are predominantly white um very fit you know slender people um and you know how, how how do we change that i think it's a slow process but you just have to um it's a waterfall effect, isn't it? You have to encourage yeah. people, get them in, and people will see, and maybe people will will see, okay, yeah, there are people of different, you know, sizes, ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, age, is a, age is an interesting one as well, actually, because recently someone said, um, oh, where was it? I can't remember if it was a Facebook group or Instagram or something about how, you know, they're not exactly at their prime anymore. Well, I've known a couple runners that, didn't start till their 30s or 40s yeah and and i've been at races um where people who are 30 years older than me have you know finished 10 minutes before yeah, yeah. so i think it's, <laughs> it's one of those things that like there's no there is no rules for running there's no rules for how you should learn mm. you know what religion you know what size body i think i think if you want to run go out there and you know i'm rooting for you and you should be rooting for yourself um, I think it should be definitely should be more inclusive, but it's just yeah, like I said, it's a waterfall effect. And if if people look at the image of a run club, whether that's on Instagram or social media, and yeah, they just see you know predominantly white male, maybe some females as well, that could possibly put them off. Which... I think I think also yeah, you do have to take into consideration the population. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the population. So we only have a percentage of black people compared to white people. So you're obviously going to have more white people in a running club. Yeah. You are going to have black people. You don't don't ever forget about that side of it. But in general, you mean you'd rather have, you know, more more black people and Asian people in a running club rather than almost none. So, is there any running clubs you've seen that with that has zero black and Asian representation in them? Not um for you to name in in on, on camera, but just that in your area that. It's like for me, and you know, I can use the example of the um, running club that I um, moved on from, and it wasn't for that reason. Is because 
you know, I was looking at running being more inclusive for absolutely every single human being, you know, that lives on this, um, you know, God-given earth. Um, but, you know, um, I, I've, I've alluded to it, haven't I? You know, and we had over 40 members and every single person was white. And, you know, I do, I do, you know, believe in what you're saying. It needs to be those subtle changes, you know, yeah. which uh, with the run, run crew, I just put that message out there. You know, um, our run crew is for everyone. Mm-hmm. Just keep That's it simple. It, yeah. Yeah. Just keep it simple. Yeah. And that message, that message that we put out there, you know, and it was a spin on just do it, you know, which Nike put out. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's 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 great, you know. But um, I I just adapted that, and you know, it was as simple as saying just turn up. You know, there's no expectations of who you are, what your background is, you know, what community you come from, you know, what speeds or times it is. Just turn up. That's where you got a lot park run. Uh, well, I was, I was about to move park. on to that. That is a simple, <laughs> yeah. subtle thing. It's yeah. on this time, 9 a.m., every Saturday, regardless of where you are in the world, because it's worldwide now, just rock up. It doesn't matter That's who it. you are, just rock up. The, the message is simple. We don't mm. care who you are. We just care that you're getting out yeah, and moving exactly. and connecting with different yeah, yeah. people. And that's that's the beauty of running. It's that you yeah. get to form relationships and friendships with people that you wouldn't ordinarily talk to oh, passing sure. you in the street, in the supermarket, in the playground. That's that. Just just rock that's up that. and you, you, you look at someone and you think, you know, that's what's great about Park Run. And that's where Park Run, their ethos and their mission, mission statement works. And it should be spreading like wildfire, you know, at other communities. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is, it is. The first time I found out about Park Run, I think I started running in April 2019. Um, a few mates said to me, oh, why don't you go for a park run? I was thinking, what, uh, go for a run in the park? I was like, I've done that a few times, that. And I was like, no, park run, go and check it out. Like, I was like, okay, cool, cool. When I the look, typed in, found out about park run. I was like, oh, wow, fascinating. I looked at my, my local one, you know, uh, seven minutes walk. But I just didn't have the bottle to go. Just because mm. I'm looking at the so I'm looking at hundreds of people. I'm like, oh my God, is that what's gonna be there when I rock up? Like, <laughs> didn't have the so I didn't have the bottle to go yet. So I left it for about I think three months. So I started in April 2019, May, June, July, August. My first part must have been in August, maybe September, I can't remember. Um so what I done was yeah, I went there very early before anyone got there, just like so a scout the area out and then just see like uh the, the first few people that would walk in, I'd probably go and talk to them and just see what's going on. Like, you know, that's how I found it easier for me. And it mm. happened to be the first person that walked in at um, eight o'clock was the race director. And she was black and she was very welcoming. And she goes, oh, are you a new runner? I said, yes, um, I've been running on the river for about, you know, four months. Just having like, the confidence to come here. She goes, oh, you don't have to be scared. You don't have to be worried. You know, yeah, it's going to be wonderful. I was still nervous as people started coming. I was like, oh, yeah, you know. Don't know him. No, he looks fast. This, this, that. You know, it's just general, yeah. general nerves building up. You know what I mean? And then as soon as they blew that whistle, I was like, go. I felt alive. Like I was running, done the five k, mm-hmm. finished. Everyone's like, well done, well done. Like people never seen me in my life. Like well done, you've done well, man. And I was like, oh, this is lovely. Can't wait for next week. And I think I've done it every week from then onwards. Yeah, I think I had a few breaks from like injury and whatnot. Um, you know, but from then onwards, yeah, I was just addicted. Like, but what got me about yeah. it was. There was an old, there was a 71 year old who was smoking mask every time. Smoking mask. I was running about 25 minutes. I was like, oh, this is fascinating. Uh, black, a black um, Caribbean woman smoking mask, you know. A white English guy 
there's like 50 smoking my ass. Just like all the different races. I know everyone's smoking my ass, but yeah, <laughs> all the different races, everyone beating. I was like, oh, this is fascinating, man, you know? If this is going to be like this every week, I'm here every week, bro, you know what I mean? Yeah, and- yeah. It's, it's funny It's funny you mentioned that word, smoking, because I, had, I did um, a trail half marathon a couple of weeks, a um, couple of months ago, sorry, and there was a guy who was smoking my ass, but he was actually <laughs> smoking a cigar, no word of a lie. So he's, no he's, he's running downhill past me, and he's got this cigar, you know, in his mouth, literally smoking my ass as well. You know, and um, I did have a conversation with him, and he said, oh, you know, it, it works for me, so, you know, why, why would I change it? And, you know, I wasn't going to turn into patronising Ben and tell him about, you know, the disadvantage of, of smoking. But he, he did, he did <laughs> say... You don't have health cigars, though. Yeah, but he did say um, when he's done when he's done trail events. So um, he'd actually travelled from Southampton to the Peak District, you know, which is a lengthy journey around four hours, just for the day to do this half marathon. And he said, um, "Yeah, I've been at numerous running events in the past, and me smoking cigars, it's it's upset quite a lot of charity. <laughs> you know, you know, we have like the cancer research, like best or yeah, 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 and it's yeah, like yeah. It's, it's just part of who I am. But you know, it's it's that with part run, it is." that subtle message that is it is for everybody and it does work and you know um, i take my heart to people who you know just thought one day well park run you know we've got so many parks up and down the country you know in the uk and around the world you know what can we do to get people outside and moving and it, it's shown that it has work and it's, it's just such a simplified message the fact that it's free as well major that's yeah one of the biggest things about it like, the fact that yeah it's free. yeah yeah, and 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 that's that's why I'm an advocate of crew culture. So there's more no money involved, you know, yeah, as opposed yeah. to you know m- many running clubs and you know triathlon clubs where you know there are hefty fees, and then you know it's probably it probably moves on nicely to what we're about to discuss. Mm-hmm. You know, then you you know start thinking, well, I want a running club vest, and then you look at you know other people's like footwear, and it just goes mm-hmm. from there and becomes an expensive mm-hmm. um, you know hobby. Um, but, you know, in regards to comparing yourself to other runners, which, you know, we, we will have all done at, you know, varying degrees and at different yeah. levels during our running journey. And for me, you know, it was an element of Instagram, but it was also, you know, my peer group at the time. So it just going out with a couple of friends. And, you know, at the time, I, I, I was running in some £25 Under Armour gym shoes. <laughs> they, 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 they actually got me two, three two half marathons, but... <laughs> you know, I'm thinking my, 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 leg, my legs are killing. And I, I, I didn't really um, believe that, you know, running shoes were a thing. I thought, oh, it's just it's just the marketing tool. That. <laughs> in regards to um, that culture that we live in now, where there, were, there is a reliance to an expect, even though we want to try and get away from it, we are sucked into that pressure of going on social media and comparing ourselves to other people. Do, do you both find that you do compare yourselves to other people on Instagram in varying ways. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, when I first started Instagram, I said to you, I was copying people. So I'll see how many runs they do. I'll do that. I was emulating. Mm. And um, obviously that's going to lead on to, oh, he's done a 5k in this time and I've done it in that time. I wonder if I can get closer to him. You know what mm. I mean? And you've got to think as well, yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with looking at someone who's doing a 5k in 20 minutes and you wanting to be able to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm. You know what I mean? There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think the point you're trying to uh, get to is um, being obsessed with it and just looking at his whole life and thinking, oh, I want to be him, I want to have his legs, I want to have his six-pack, you know? Mm. And that is a problem. But, I mean, just generally looking at someone and trying to emulate them, there's nothing wrong with that because that's how I, I learn. Yeah. You know I mean? 
just the basics. Like you, you do it in your own style, but just the basics of it was emulated from someone else's um, Instagram. Mm. Um, I'll say the pressures of trying to uh, keep up with someone who's got more followers than you or started at the same time as you and now has gained more followers than you and you've been doing the same sort of thing. Yeah, that's pressure in in your head. You're going to think, how, how come he's doing better than me? You know, we've done the same runs, you know, almost the same speed. Like, yeah, I can, I can definitely see what that will cause in, in terms of... Um, Stress and jealousy and envy. Yeah, and what what about yourself, Rosa? I mean, in, in regards to this influencer culture that we are living in, and if we can try and ignore that word influencer, you know, because it's a relatively new term, but we more look at about influencing each other because yeah. regardless of what we do in life, you know, whether it's on social media or before we had social media before behind closed doors or when you went down to a, a coffee shop or a bar or met up with your friends, we are influencing each other to do mm, something sure. whether it's a positive or a negative thing you know and with the mix of social media now you know there, there is that pressure to you know like find out what other people are doing in their lives without actually having to go to each other's houses or meet up outside somewhere does that impact on you at all when you are using instagram facebook even in whatsapp groups with other friends yeah sure. i think um the thing with social media is it's yeah like you say it connects people it's nice you get to mm. you know i saw this quote the other day about like you know no one no one cheers you on more than a social media friend does like potentially, one, potentially yeah. one you've never met before Facts. Um, okay you may have yeah. spoken to them but like it can be it can be such a supportive um mm. culture but the thing is with as with everything particularly social media anything on the internet there's there's pros and cons of everything mm. i think uh, you know i probably in in terms of what you're talking about like comparison and stuff yeah mm. sure and i think even more so in sort of the running the running um community yeah naturally you're going to compare yourself to someone be like oh god yeah. how come they're running that fast and i'm not i think i would definitely like that to begin with I'm not so much now, only because I've just taken maybe a bit more time to just um, appreciate that everyone is different. Like, there's no point in comparing yourself to, you know, someone who's totally different to you. You know, you've got different goals, you've got different lifestyles, <laughs> different legs, um, <laughs> you know, you've got different minds, like different different things inspire. It's, it's, it is literally more. everything, though, isn't it? It's like, you know, yeah. Where... Even like, you know, in the environment they live in, you know, you know, to like finances as well, you know, because there are people on Instagram and, and, you know, it appears that they have a new outfit or new shoes on for every other run. Wow, they're doing great. I wonder what their career is, you know, what, what, what is their occupation and yes. you know, what is their background? And, you know, that's, that's where that comparison theory starts to but, kick in. It's like, wow, them shoes. I want some shoes like that, which is nothing wrong with looking react, at somebody. All natural emotions and all natural reactions, they are. Jealousy and ever. You look at that guy, he's got, he's got, he's got the newest... Um, He's got the newest vapor flies, and I've got the one model down. I'd love them, like you know. I mean, that's yeah. the normal chest and everything. Uh, but um, the point I was going to say was that oh, I just lost myself. I think with what you say, Rebel, is it, that can be motivating and demotivating. But as a whole, social media has been great for me because I've got a lot to thank for when it comes to social media. You know, the the relationship I'm in. You know, the friendships I've got. You know, the fact that 
running in social media, when you mix both of those together, you know, it's made me have a more colourful and positive lifestyle. Yeah. yeah, I think I think people are too fast. I think people are too fast to um, to put down Instagram. Yeah, mm. when stuff they've been doing has gone wrong, or they've been too um, intrusive into someone else's life. You know, the the, the platform's there. It's never going to change. It works how it works. Like, you know, what I mean, the algorithm is just that. Mm. It's just how you manipulate and how you play with it. Yeah. So what people do is they jump into it and then they get so wrapped up. Don't get me wrong, it's not the fault of their own, it's, it's how Instagram is designed as well. Mm. It, it puts all the top lights at the front of your feed, like so you see all the guys with the top lights, and it's how it's designed. But you have to understand that and you have to work your way around it as well, you know. So for instance, yeah, um, when I first started um Instagram, I used to think to myself, Oh, I wonder who who would um who would be the best people with the most likes. I, I, bet, I bet they're the guys who run 14 minute 5Ks. I looked at it, it weren't. They would have been the top yeah. guys. That's what I love about Instagram. It's not about who's the fastest, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. or, who's, or who's run the most races. That That's not who gets the most likes, you know what I mean? It's more about your journey with Instagram. So some of that, what Instagram likes is someone who started off with a 35-minute 5K and managed to knock it all the way down to 20 minutes. Like, they love that journey in between. Like, and that's what's mm. going to make you grow naturally, like, you know what I mean? Or, 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 seen, even those, or, or even those people who are just real and, you know, they... They're not the quickest of runners, and you know they're not smashing like marathons and ultra marathons. It might just be somebody who you can really resonate with and think, yeah, they're like me, and that's what's so inspiration about Instagram. And that's where I think representation in running on that platform really does work because you've got a wide variety of people, you know, from all different backgrounds. And it's like, oh, you know, um, I put myself from running, but we've got, you know, like like you said, Rebel, but we've got um, you know, this, you know, woman on Instagram, you know, she's got four children smashing out marathons you know to other people who you know they you know have been overweight they've lost weight and you know they're running on a regular basis to somebody who is of a particular size who is deemed you know which is like you know as society we like look at people and think well they should be of this certain size <laughs> but you, you can get people on you know instagram and facebook and beyond even youtube who are of a larger size who are inspirational they can still go out and oh, for sure. you've, you've got a body sure. you can move with it and sure. you know, I, think, I, I think that's where it works you can come in away from that running is being portrayed like this for many decades but now mm. it's not it's like, not yeah rip, rip up the mainly and mainly, thank, mainly thankful because of social media but could you imagine that being a woman yeah who's just had a fourth kid yeah you're a little bit you're well you're quite a bit overweight and you sign into instagram for the first time and you see a woman who's just had four kids and run 10 marathons yeah, yeah it's going to give you like, that oh pause. my god this is it i can do it you know what i mean let's get them running shoes on let's yeah. go do you know what i mean yeah. what i love about instagram you have that there like you know different mm -hmm. so, so, so for me uh, when i started i didn't have like uh, a, a black rob you know oh there's black rob he's done this is that i wanted to say i didn't yeah. have that yet but i had similar sort of things there just that it wasn't a race but just a similar i see someone who i follow i won't give him his name yet but someone who i followed from the very beginning yeah and now he's absolutely smashing it yeah, but he inspired me so much that you know what i mean mm -hmm. and I'm, yeah. I'm not i'm not i'm not giving his name now because i'm doing an individual post about him in a couple of weeks no like, that's fine yeah. we can have a we can have a chat off the um record yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's what's so inspirational because it's that there, there is nothing wrong with comparing yourself to somebody else like oh gosh you know that they, they've gone to 
you know, um, this half marathon, you know, like using, for example, Hackney Half or, you know, the, you know, the Brooklyn Half in NYC, you know, they're inspiring me to, you know, want to get my running shoes on and explore the world and meet new people. And, that's it. and it's, it's sort of like a fine balance, isn't it? How do you differentiate? It can have advantages and disadvantages. Like that momentum can build like, gosh, you know, that person's um, doing like a, a race every weekend. So you feel inclined, how many races should I do? And, yeah. you know, that, that momentum builds up in your lifestyle. And yeah. before you know it, you've got a bloody wardrobe full of running shoes. Yeah, yeah. You're doing a race every weekend. If that's yeah, what yeah. works with yeah. you, that's fine. Yeah. But there is yeah. that social, like, com- comparison fine, where you're thinking, what, you know, when do I decide that enough is enough? I mean, everyone has their own journeys. You know deep down inside what you want to do. So if you've gone out and bought, like, all the latest um, Brooks running trainers, like, you know, you obviously must be into running, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So what I say is as well with that is um, a lot. A lot of people try to think that. Um, oh no, I've lost it. So if you just repeat that last bit that you said again. Yeah, just mentioning. I'll, I'll actually uh, quote myself. You end up with a wardrobe full of running shoes and doing a race <laughs> every weekend. And you got you got to think. You know when when is enough enough? Yeah, that's like me exactly that. But yeah, it, uh, it depends on your own journey. You know what I mean? As I say, some people started Instagram literally just to um, record their fitness for for the year. You know, they wanted to lose a bit of weight over one year. Therefore, I put yeah. it on my friends and family. And before they knew it, they've got a thousand followers. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And loads of likes. And they've just like sort of run with it. Some people don't care about that. Some people are going to run with it and be like, oh, okay, you know, I'm going to see where this goes. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I can make some money from it. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe some companies are going to send me some free stuff, you know. I'll probably just go with it in that direction. It just depends on what you want to do with it, you know. And there's, there's yeah. no wrong way of doing it. Just because that person's got all the sponsorships and he's got free freebies here and there, he ain't doing it yeah. wrong. He's just done it a different way from you, and that's the way he wanted to go. This person yeah. here only, only only tracks one run a week, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's all they do. And they get like 100 likes. It's nothing. That's just the way they want to do it. Though. I think yeah. um, a lot of people, people get upset when... Um, uh, someone starts to uh, make gains or move forward quite fast, and um, I don't know. I think I think there's definitely like a bit of feeling about it, like in the running community, when someone starts to move forward and starts to get sponsorship deals. I don't. I wouldn't call it jealousy. I wouldn't call it jealousy. I think there's just like a more of a cult yet of people who are like us who are not sponsored, who ain't got the deals, and we stick together. And then when someone breaks out of that that sort of circle and they get sponsored, and it's yeah. like they're seen as the outsider, like. Yeah, cyber like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it, it, it does, um, you know, lead to, you know, what your purpose is of being on Instagram or your purpose of being on this earth. You know, why do you run? You know, why are you putting out content? Why are you exchanging messages with friends and family? Why are you talking about running to your work colleagues and they just want to turn to you and say, just shut the fuck up? You know, it does it, continue. But you, you ask you, what, what is my purpose? And, you know, this is a, something that I'll only briefly touch on because I don't want to be blacklisted from every form of social media <laughs> and have my, have, have my podcast um, taken down, you know, because uh, I am quite controversial, but, you know, I am controversial with purpose, using that word again. And, you know, there are, as a whole, there are a lot of runners out there who, you know, they are being given free days, you know, or they're ambassadors for particular brands. And if that's all their purpose is, is to be a marketing machine that wants to try and sell products for a company, well, you've got to look at it from, you know, two angles. One, if that's all they're interested in, you know, what benefit is it going to have for other people? You know, are they, do they just want them to buy 
product and two that might be the ways and means of earning money do you know what i mean if they're going to earn money you know through you know um, the content they put out that's fine but it moves on nicely to you know that's probably less than one percent of the population out there who are branded as these influencers and you know they are marketers you know not everybody can be like that and that's where that comparison theory does um kick into motion it's like you know um and does that cut apart it's like you know i i'd love to be like them or i'd love to have their running shoes that's fine but it's like you know it can be quite a toxic environment you know from somebody who's not headstrong sure. you know like, sure. like says gosh why, why why am i not getting as many likes as they are you know what can i do to be like them and mm-hmm. you know it could be well you know um you're just different than them and that, uh, yeah. that algorithm online has just decided to yeah it's not I wouldn't even say just the algorithm. I say you got to think here. Yeah, these companies are not going to give these guys free shoes for no reason. You know what I mean? They've obviously put a lot of work in. It's not just like oh, you know, he's got um, he's bought a thousand, a hundred, uh, ten thousand followers. Let's give him free shoes. No, they've looked back at his story. He's done a lot of running. He's done a lot of work. He's grafted. So mm. you know, the person looking and envying that it's going to be it's, it's not going to be easy but obviously no. you ain't done enough you've, you've, you've obviously not done enough work to get to where he is and you're going to look at him thinking okay i might need to do a bit more work and that might boost you give you a motivation you might become the next guy that's sponsored or you might go on the other side and think ah oh, you know sponsor guy this this that jealousy and envy you know it's just there's two routes to go yeah. to. it just depends on your character it just depends on your character yeah. me personally i've never looked at anyone and thought, oh he's doing well he's sponsored yeah i'm so jealous of him yeah i want him to lose that sponsorship no i've always been like how oh, how did he do it you know, let me look back at his profile, yeah. see what he's done to get there. You know, so I'm going, to, I'm going to ask both of you a question here. I'm going to turn that on its head with what you say, Roberto. And you know, you like used um, quite a key word there, which is work. You know, um, do you think with the culture of influencers and marketing now, and aspiring to be a particular person or have more material goods in our lives than ever before, is going to make our future generation worse off or make them be more envious of each other because material goods are getting pushed on a more regular basis and there's more access to it nowadays yeah Literally, i think that's sorry about the first bit question. yeah it froze it froze the first bit froze if you can repeat it and then let rosa answer sorry the first bit froze. yeah yeah so just mentioning you know um right now we live in a culture where it's news now we can get content you know just by opening an app you know, things are, we, we live in a, in a very material world now where marketing, you know, generates so much money for companies, regardless of what size they are. And it's great, you know, especially when I see small startups flourish. But, you know, um, it's influencer culture. And with that expectation of aspiring to be the best of whatever you are curious in. And I know that our generation have known a world before social media and comparing level. Do you think that yeah. with what we are seeing on social media now, it's preparing our next generation, so the youth to be more insecure or feel like they've got to have a certain expectation of themselves to be like other people? Oh, I mean, the, ne- the next generation, they've got a whole... I mean, we were lucky what we've got. The social media in the next generation is going to be different. Imagine what we've especially we've been especially we've been going through now for social media. Yeah. Imagine the next generation how it's going to be. Everything's going to be social media. Yeah, literally, about, you're not going to be. Able, not, sorry, what about for you, um, Rosa? What what do you think about that? With um, you know, the social media, it's got so many positives, hasn't it? But you know, for a 
child who is only having known social media and comparing themselves with other and you know everything being material goods now which it is how, how, how do you feel about that yeah I think it's quite interesting so um I think I kind of well I've 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 been using social media myself for ages but I've got um a niece who's I think she's 12 um and she had Instagram accounts from like the age of eight or something like mm. maybe even less than that and not just one, they all had several. And it was all like, you know, telling each other I love you and all this kind of stuff. And mm. I, I genuinely like think, oh my God, how quick is this going? Because that that's not what I did when I was eight years old. I was yeah. you know, running around outside doing, you know, I wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. on computers but or social The problem media. is that it's not going to change. It's only going to go further that way. That's the point I'm trying yeah. to make. It's only going to go further towards social media. Gonna We're not going to go all back to playing outside as kids again, no. Do, yeah, do you do you think do you think there needs to be a limitation? Like, do we need do we need to start being conscious of having a world of windows where we are comparing ourselves to other people? You oh, know, where definitely should be a world. Of, it's just not possible in this world. You've got to think realistically. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just not possible. You know, in the ideal yeah. world, yeah, in the ideal world, yeah. But you just got to think realistic. I mean, I see it as. Social media is going to be king. In 10 years from now, you're not going to be no one unless you have a social media presence. Like, it's, just, it's, it's, the, it's the direction we're going in. It's unfortunate, you know, yeah. but it's just the way it is. And if you don't adapt, you're not going to be... Yeah. Uh, it, it, I wouldn't say, say left behind. Yeah, it depends oh, no, on no, your no, mission I, statement. I, is, is, is I, it? I say, 10 years from now, like, the way I've seen companies, yeah, branding and pumping money into their social media just even just like my local kebab shop he pumps a whole load of money into his social media just to, you know yeah. and that's <laughs> and that is the and if you're if you're um in 10 years time yeah if you haven't got something you're going to be left behind but that's a wrong way to look at it it's a wrong way to go but as i said there's nothing we can really do it's just the direction we're going you're gonna have you're gonna have your few eco warriors who are against social media no i will never touch it we're always gonna live it we used to live like this in the 90s and in the noise like you know <laughs> Get yeah. rid of time, unfortunately. Like, you know, I mean, it's just it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it it's, it's gone really in depth. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> it does. I think it does need to be managed because you know it will gain control of us, and um, you know it's that. Yeah, it, 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 it has gone really deep this conversation, hasn't it? But yeah, it's that, that algorithm. You know, it's pre. It's been proven that it's really intelligent, and you know, it does want to suck people in and not spit them back out. And I think yeah. in regards to. Uh, you know, our social circles, we've got a lot to thank for, for social media, you know, because of the friendships we keep and the fact that, you know, people are building careers off the back of mm. social media content. That is great. And like you said, you know, companies are using social media to generate yeah. interest and, you know, gain money. And it's, it's not all about pound signs or dollar signs, you know, if we've got anyone tuning in from the US. Um, <laughs> but, it, but it, you know, it, it, there does need to be that element of control. And, you know, I know that you're yeah, about yeah. to mention something about that Rosa so I'll hand you know um, the ball over to you hand the baton uh, sorry yeah no no no. I, I was I was just saying that I think um in terms of because you were talking about younger generations so like mm. I agree with Roberto it's it social media is here it's been here for 10 years it's not going away but I think in terms of how it affects uh the younger generations in terms of like mental health and stuff like that it just needs mm -hmm. to be managed it needs to be supported i'm i'm not i'm i'm not an eco warrior and i i i work in marketing <laughs> for my for my day job so i mm -hmm. know all about 
algorithms and all that kind of stuff but Mm. I think it just needs whether it's the parents the schools um, local communities it just needs to be managed because I think it could cause more problems otherwise but I'm I'm very pro social media I think there's lots of benefits of it yeah Um, and actually it's interesting because I was on I was on Instagram before kind of getting involved in the running community but I was also running before Mm. then as well so I would have never thought about posting runs and stuff on Instagram I was just like who cares no one's interested in what run I've just done or where I go I'm still quite light with it in terms of like the grid posts I I think sometimes I think like one one a week is enough for me. Sometimes one every ten days. <laughs> but like, I appreciate people that post every day, and I I read their posts. I like their posts. Mm. I talk to them. I engage in conversation. So it's great. But um, I think like Roberta was saying, everyone's got different styles. Every and and Ben, you said everyone's got a different purpose. I'm. I'm just having fun with it. I, I, don't, I'm, I don't care about how many followers or likes and stuff like that I get. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. If people like, like my post and message me and say stuff, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I'm so glad that they've read it. Like someone yeah. cares. But at the same time, well, like, I'm, I'm not looking to get sponsorship or free shit. That yeah. doesn't bother me. I'll buy, I'll, I'll pay for my shoes. I'll pay for my whatever toothpaste, was it, Ben, that you wanted? Oh gosh, yeah, I wanted to be a sponsor. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know that's, that's that's so important that you say it. It's like use social media, but make sure that it's fun for you. Yeah, you know, just just like socializing should be socializing should be fun. You know, bring yeah. you a lot of re- you know many rewards and accomplishments and connect with people. You know, and it's important to remind yourself of that because it can. You know, you you use that that word as well, um, Rob. That you know. In, you've not worked as hard it's like you know there needs to be a fine balance you know between being fun and working hard to you know push on in your running journey or whatever journey you're on Mm. the reason why you use instagram but yeah i I feel i feel exhausted i I did i did not know that we'd be having (laughs) in-depth conversation what what i'm going to do though is i'm gonna switch it around and you know um move on to the next segment and you know i'm going to hand you over to Rosa because she's got a handful of questions to ask you to find out more about you, Roberto. And also my, I think my AirPods have run out of battery a couple of times. So this is (laughs) going to be a part, a quick fire round, Roberto. So say as much or as little. Okay. So if you could meet one famous person, who would it be and why? Uh, Dead or alive? Either. I'll say Nicholas Tesla because his inventions and I loved everything he'd done. And Thomas Edison, Thomas Edison screwed him over. And I'd like oh, to. Uh, <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> um, okay, so road or trail running? Oh, definitely road. Okay. Um, what is your favourite post-long run food? I don't eat after I've run for about a few hours, maybe two, three hours. But after I have got my appetite back, it's usually rice or chick, rice and chicken, Car- um, sp- uh, spiced up like Caribbean style. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you rather run a five k, ten k, or half marathon? Sorry. Would you rather run a five k, ten k, or half? Yeah, uh, like that this. Uh, most likely a half. 
I do like the half, but my favorite distance is definitely 5k. It is 5k, okay. but I'll probably run a half. Um, if you were a celebrity, what treats would you demand in your VIP dressing room? Oh, for my rider, for my rider, definitely a bottle of E&J, that's facts. Um, I want a packet of chocolate hobnobs and plain hobnobs with a cup of tea decaf, that's facts. And then last but not <laughs> least, yeah, yeah, last but not least, it'll probably be a full bucket of um, KFC um, thighs. I'm really happy that you mentioned chocolate hobnobs. I just found they are the king of biscuits. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Indestructible, only... and they can stand the test of being dipped into a cup oh, of yeah, tea yeah, over dip. and over. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you've got to have the dip. You've got to have the dip, the dip proof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and what the listeners clearly want to know, so when you go running, do you wear pants or are you going commando? Oh, no, I wear boxes, but, I mean, I've, I've chased so many times from wearing boxes. And um, I've found a pair of boxes which are really tight and they sort of don't make me chafe. But anything over half marathon, I've got to wear my tights. You know, I, I, are they called tights for men? You know that men's under armour? Are they still called yeah. tights? Oh, Running so, tights, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I wear, um, if I'm going a long, long distance, I wear um, running tights. Commander. Final question. If you're having an afternoon tea and you might be having a scone or a scone, um, is it cream or jam first? Oh, 100% it's got to be jam and cream. Yes, love it. <laughs> what, what about for you, Rosa? Is it jam or cream first? So yeah. I, try, I recently tried both and jam first is better because you can spread it like jam oh, yeah. spread. How are you going to spread jam over cream? <laughs> Amen to the jam. Thank you. Right. It, <laughs> Great way to finish off. But yeah, Roberto, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Just nice. that we've had a really in-depth yeah, conversation as well. I can't believe how long it went on. It was only meant to be over for an hour. We started at 12.30. It's almost two o'clock now. Yeah, but it's been a pleasure. And thank you, Rosa, for being co-host. Always a pleasure. Top, Never top a chore. co-host. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. All the best. Thank you, guys. Bye. See you later. Bye. That was an episode with Roberto and Rosa. If you enjoyed it, spread the word on social media. I really appreciate anybody who's listening who enjoyed this to leave a review on Apple Podcast. Next up, I'll be having a conversation with Mikey Goodman and I'm really looking forward to sharing that with you. Until then, keep on running, keep on doing your thing and keep it real. <laughs>